Hello and welcome to the Cheesesteaks and 700 Level Podcast. It's been nearly two and a half weeks since we last spoke to you and it's now three weeks without sports, but we're surviving here outside of Philadelphia. Austin, it's been a long time since we talked. How are you been? How are you coping in this sports famine? I'm surviving at this point. I'm getting my more than my fill of Madden in. Um, you know, there's been a couple streams I've been able to watch, so I'm trying to get my fix in while I can. But uh, it's been a little rough. What about you? Uh, yeah, it's 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 been a rough. It's been a uh, a lot of uh, video games, uh, like you've said, and then you're streaming a bunch of uh, different. Uh, Shows, movies, off all the platforms. I watched uh, Tiger King lately. That was uh, crazy. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's definitely thrown off my sleep schedule lately. I, I, I fall asleep late, wake up nearly at noon some days. So it's been, it's, it's getting rough. But uh, we'll find a way to survive. Hopefully, uh, less amount of time than we hope, but doesn't seem like well, and, it's at any time soon. Go and ahead. for those who are struggling with us, uh, like us, um, not a sponsor at all or anything, but the NFL Game Pass, as, long as, the, as well as the NHL and NBA Game Pass, they are all free at this time, I do believe. And I'm not subscribed to the NHL or NBA one, but I do know the NFL one does take you back anywhere from the 2019 season to the 2009 season. You can watch any game, any team. So I honestly went back and watched the Snow Bowl game and the um, Miracle at the Meadowlands 2 game, and that did help the void a little bit. So if anyone else is struggling, like me, like Dylan, I'd check it out. Additionally with that, uh, since we are in baseball season, MLB TV is also free, and uh, you can watch every game from 2018 and 2019. So if you need a little bit of fix for baseball, there's a way to get that in. Uh, God knows that I am uh, I'm probably waiting for baseball to come back uh, more than any other sport. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets back sooner than later, but who knows. So, so you're more excited, like you're ready for baseball, like you'd rather see baseball I, come back I, than yeah. see the Flyers make the run? Like, is that where you're at at this point? Uh, I would say probably. I am excited for the Flyers to make a, the run. Uh, but I think right now baseball is way more of an itch for me just because uh, obviously this would be the second week of the baseball season. While right. in hockey, we would be finishing up the regular season just about to enter the playoffs, which is close. But when I think of playoff hockey, I'm thinking of May and uh, June mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm sure when we get towards the end of April, even mid-April, I'll start missing hockey a little bit more, especially it would, since it would be uh, full-fledged mm-hmm. playoffs at that point. But uh, we'll just have to cope. Yeah, I just, you know, like for me, the Flyers haven't been in this position. They, even the last couple of years, they kind of, they barely made the playoffs when they did. And to me, it, I'm more hockey-wise because this team was a different animal. 
and it was something special, and now it was taken away. Whereas baseball, like you said, the season was about to start, opening day and all that, but um, there's a hundred and, you know, there's a lot more games left. Yeah, there is, and I mean, uh, we have a full show obviously to get into here, but the longer this goes on, the more you have to question of, are, are the NBA and NHL just going to uh, cancel the rest of the regular season and dive right into the playoffs? Are they going to finish out the regular season? Because if, if we're talking, I'm not. I'm thinking sports aren't coming back until at least June at the earliest, if we're lucky. If if you got to if you got to finish the regular season for hockey, that's another month and a half. Not a month and a half. Another month, basically. Uh, and then playoffs take, what? Basically two months when you take April and uh, yeah. June. So yeah, you're looking so at another three Would you think there. they skipped the end of the season then, though? I think I think they would have. I think you almost have to skip uh, the end of the regular season. Uh, or if not. The way I see it working is because those three months, if let's say everything considered, if we're lucky, hockey starts June fifteenth. Let's just say June fifteenth, middle of June. I doubt it will, but let's just say June fifteenth. Three months from June fifteenth is September fifteenth. So, and hot, and then the regular season would be set to start for next year. Just a couple of weeks later, I don't see, like, yes, you had they had this break, but I couldn't see them finishing one season like that and just going right into the next season over a month later. So you'd almost have to shorten next season, which is very much a possibility. Maybe not from maybe from eighty-two games to like sixty games, because the schedules are all gonna be all messed up and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with football with all this because I know with college football, uh, there's a lot of coaches out there who are very uh, timid, I would say, on the season beginning on time. And uh, they're even saying if they had to start the season December or January, they would do so uh, because uh, fin- financial reasons for the schools because a lot of uh, athletic departments around the country rely on college football. Uh, but any last thoughts before we jump into our uh, main topics? Yeah, I mean, uh, and we can, this can kind of help, I guess, transition too. I think the NFL is in the best shape. I know, I I think the beginning of the season might be a little rough in the sense that the product itself, because of the rookies who, you know, can't go to OTAs right now, spring training, or not spring training, training camp might get, like, kind of squished a little. But I think the season itself, like the regular season, that, will be okay and you know their their season itself won't be adjusted at all uh, so and I know I said last thing but last thing last thing on let's just say NFL what I'll be and I guess sports in general what I'll be interested to see is uh, when sports do come back uh, it's going to be interesting to see the uh, the attendance numbers for sports because mm-hmm. uh, people are obviously going to go to games but I, I just read an article yesterday, I forget what side it was, saying how uh, 
people believe that it's going to be over an, basically a year from now until we kind of should not have as strong as social distancing measures uh, like personally not as national guidelines so it'll be interesting to see how attendance figures work out and and you break up good point because like you think about it like there's going to be two sides that are going to come together one is it could be insanely packed in there because people felt are deprived of sport but then there's the well if everyone just rushes back into I need to go to a game I need to go to a game it'll just start spreading again yeah and, and that's and uh, I think that's something we're gonna see like it, hopefully and I, I plead to people uh, to uh, to stay home as much as you can get your exercise outside of, uh, all you want but don't go to crowded places go to the store only when you need to so on and so forth because the quicker we listen to these guidelines. One, A, less people are going to die, and B, hopefully they'll still get over sooner. Uh, but, yeah, either way, after we all kind of get out of self-quarantine, stay at home, there's going to be probably another wave of infections, hopefully not to the same extent. But it, uh, it's going to be a while until coronavirus is, uh, quote-unquote, uh disappeared or not mm. as prevalent uh, yeah and with that being said uh, I guess we can I think you know you said it best I think we can move forward here into the NFL free agency as a whole uh, we left off at a little uh, middle point of free agency Todd Gurley ended up being released by the Rams came to a bit of a shock to everybody he was a lead leading rusher at one point, and all of a sudden, you know, the degenerative knee disorder came up, and everyone got worried. He signed with the Falcons on a one-year deal. Um, Tom Brady, he officially became a Buccaneer, two years, fifty million. With the sec- the second year is an option, so that's you know, did one does Brady is Brady gonna want to play? To you know, does he still have the tank left? Um, Melvin Gordon he officially signed shockingly to the Denver Broncos. It was a two year, sixteen million dollar contract. A lot of people thought maybe he might go to the Buccaneers, but um, they asked him and he said. He wanted to play the Chargers, which I thought was interesting. Um, Dylan, were there was anything that happened really that big of a shock to you at all? Um, I wouldn't call uh, the girly move uh, necessarily a shock to me, uh, because I, I w- just because of how his uh, career arc has gone recently, it, it definitely one of those things that sure. is understandable why uh, they got rid of him, but. It's amazing, and this is why the NFL really does stand for not for long and uh, why running back is really a premium position uh, uh, for for when you have a great running back. Uh, because two years ago, Todd Gurley was on top of the world. He was arguably top two, top three running back in the league, and 
you get but you lose your knees as a running back you're gonna uh not you're not See, gonna have and, much of a, of, of a future and i get i guess i'm just shocked because it not necessarily like the health or anything like he you know he is he's 25 he's very young yeah he's still very young um I think it shocked me because of the contract that he had. Yeah, and and that's another reason I think we we saw this move is he was uh, obviously taking a step back as a uh, running back because of his knees, but at the same time, uh, the Rams have been able to get uh, get a production out of other guys on their team and. Because of that contract, uh, they, I, they, they're gonna, they have a lot of dead cap now. They have, uh, I think, a seventeen million dollar uh, cap hit, even by cutting him. But uh, just to get some of that money off the books and uh, open up some uh, salary cap room for the Rams is huge for them. Uh, but I, I think. Going to Atlanta is a good move for Gurley's from the Southeast. Grew up in North Carolina, I believe. Went to the University of Georgia. So uh, heading back there is probably good for him. Gets him a little closer to home. Uh, gets him. Uh, well, and I, th- and I think when it comes to, you know, the. Yeah, and when it comes to the knee issue, too, I think it'll help a lot. Um, because Julio's there to take the load, Calvin Ridley's there to take the load. You know, the Rams wanted to pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, and yeah. then hit you with a guy like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Here, they can give it to him a couple times and then throw it up to Julio. They didn't. They were hoping Devonta Freeman was going to be that guy, and he just wasn't. So I think both sides. It's a good move. Um, there, you know, I just saw an article today. Falcons still haven't announced the deal. Um, that's because yeah, of the agreement where because of the coronavirus, they can, you know, they can agree to it. However, they can wait and see, um, after the physical, you yeah. know, and make sure that he's healthy because they might, you know, he might get a physical and fail. They might go, yeah, we don't, we don't want that. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, yeah, you bring up a good point there with the Atlanta offense. That's that's a pass-first offense. They're going to throw the ball way more than they run it, or at least it's going to feel like that. It's probably closer to 50-50 on paper. But, uh, yeah, he's not going to be the primary option. And I, last year he had 807 snaps as uh, at running back. I'd be shocked if he comes anywhere close to that with Atlanta just because he's not going to be that bell cow running back for the Falcons uh, I don't think he can be with his knees, but I still think he can be a. Uh, I'm trying to think, he could be a dominant. Good, yeah, he could be a good do- dominant running back. Still, uh, look, Garrett Blount. Uh, I think Blount's probably uh, the best uh, comparison of what he could probably still be. Yeah, and I think it's it's if they limit his snaps. I think he'll be in good shape, and I think he'll be able to last. It's just, it's such a shame because he, you know, like I know Jaya had, you know, has this, um, the, you know, medical condition, but he's not the player that Todd Gurley is. 
And it's just I haven't seen a running back like Todd Gurley in a while. Um, I know Saquon is up there, but you know when Todd Gurley first came into the league, you were like, "Holy crap, who is this guy?" Yeah. But um, moving forward, the Lions did sign Desmond Trufant. He, I believe, is a one-year deal. Sounds about which, right. ironically, it led to the Eagles being able to trade a 2023rd and a 2025th for Darius Slay. Dylan, we finally got our corner. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully this one works out better than the other uh, big moves the Eagles have made at the cornerback position over the last 10 years or so. But the Eagles got uh, one of the top corners in the league on paper, at least, and it, it uh, really shores up uh, part of their secondary. There's still questions throughout uh, because uh, I don't know if you could really – I'm not sure about you, but there's not many people I'd say I have a ton of faith in, in that secondary to perform week in and week out, but Slay's a nice guy to build your secondary round. Uh, he got that three-year, $50 million contract with the Eagles, uh, which I believe makes him possibly the highest paid or one of the highest paid corners in the league. Uh, but yeah, it's a big move for the Eagles, but hopefully it works out uh, and they don't get burned like they have with uh, Asamoah and uh, uh, even Ronald Darby didn't really work out. So uh, but, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Darby, uh, Austin? Um, I mean, Slay, um, you know, Sorry, Slay. I think the value yeah. they – yeah, the value they got for Slay I think is the most important thing. If you look at what the Lions wanted when we were first talking to the Lions about him, they wanted a first or a second. They weren't going to get that from the Eagles, and the Eagles played the patient game, and it worked out. I'm I'm very happy with sending a third and a fifth for Darius Slay. I know you had to sign the contract, but I think I know people want to compare it. Oh, here we go with like the non the Asimov thing, like you brought up. It's a different. I think it's a different thing. Darius, you know, um, he knows Jim Schwartz's scheme to an extent and Namdi was 31 about to be 32 um so I think it's a different signing and it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles fare because now if they wanted to they could let Darius travel with the number one corner yeah I I fully uh fully agree uh about that and that's the benefit of having a guy like Darius in your secondary. He 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 had I think probably a bit of a down season this past year it seems, but if you if you looked around Twitter after that trade, there's players all around the league calling him uh, one of the best corners in the league. So I think on paper the Eagles really couldn't have done much better. Uh, if you asked me at the beginning of free agency, who would I rather? Would I rather? Uh, Darius Slay or Byron Jones uh, probably would have been close uh, I may have said Byron Jones at the time just because he was coming off a bit, bit of a better season but uh, on paper you can't be mad especially considering what they gave up they didn't give up a ton for him and they still have their first and second round draft picks which uh, are very important obviously 
Yeah, and to help kind of pair him with somebody, they went out and they also signed Nikel Roby Coleman. We Dill, we talked about him a little bit about a potential signing. I know you brought him up um, when we were talking about corners. I I like him. It it kind of reminds me of Patrick Robinson, except he's a little he's a little younger than Patrick Robinson was. Um, but it's that type of signing where he's a proven slot guy that they're looking for. And I think, I guess they're going to try to move Avante to the outside or let him fight Sydney or they draft a kid. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they shocked us all and all went corner in the first round if they think there's a receiver there they really like in the second round still. But, uh, I mean, got uh, Robbie Coleman and as a which I to me feels a lot like a Patrick Robinson sign and I don't know if you would agree with that yeah yeah that's I yeah I brought up Patrick Robinson um, I think it's a good like it's a similar type of signing um, it's just a little younger but they're both very proven guys they are, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to BS. I didn't know a ton about Roby Coleman before he signed, but I watched some of his uh, tape, per se, and looked at his numbers, and I think it's definitely a move that could uh, uh, help elevate that secondary. Uh, I There's still, obviously, some question marks left. You, you got Jalen Mills moving to safety, which uh, he's played in the past for the Eagles at times, but hasn't done it uh on a full-time basis, uh, but uh, it, it's it's a good move, and you pair him with Slay, uh, that's a good foundation for a secondary. You just now need your, uh, your uh, can't think of the word, but uh, need everybody else. We need your young kids to step up. Yeah. So here's my question. You made a good, you made a good point. They could go corner. They Would could. you be upset if they did? Uh, it really depends who they either sign at wide receiver or who they draft at wide receiver in the following rounds. Uh, so, see, I think I would be upset. And the reason being is at this point, I think people are getting nervous about Justin, about Jefferson. I know he isn't an eagle, um, but that's who the consensus seems to be that they will go, like – who will be there for them um i just would be a lot more comfortable if they moved up to get a guy like cd lamb or a guy like um judy i know they're probably not going to get judy and i know they're probably not going to get lamb but if i saw them move up in an attempt to go get one of them i would be a lot more comfortable And yeah, I know I'd call corner it the more comfortable a, of the situations. An, an important po- part. And I think the, the main reason I'd be more comfortable with it is because Carson is going to be in the same state he is if we don't. You know, he's going to be stuck at the, at the, oh, Greg Ward, oh, JJ, potentially Deshaun Jackson for a full year. I don't want to put him in that same boat again. Yeah, if 
that that was a great point. The Eagles uh, need to improve the weapons they have around Carson uh, dramatically. I would say uh, uh, you you have veteran presences in uh, not Aguilar, but Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz, but you you can't force feed those three guys the ball. Well, and Alshon won't even be there until November. That's true. That's that's very true. So uh, it. You, you can't. So if you're down to Jackson and Ertz, and you can't force feed those two the ball, and I guess you could put in Goddard there, but I don't know how much the Eagles are going to be running two tight end sets. So, well, and if every team knows that's what you're going to do, they're going to like JJ. If this is what they're going to do, because they didn't sign Perriman and they didn't sign Robbie Anderson, they put themselves now in a hole. They re- they really did. Yeah. And I'd be shocked. I I think they need to draft at least two wide receivers in the draft, to be honest. And you can't really miss on either of them, uh, especially since one of those is probably going to be a a later draft pick, and that's where the Eagles have struggled in the past. Which is why I think it's so crucial to go trade up to go get C.D. Lamb. Honestly, because he is he's him and Judy are the closest thing to sure bets. Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree on that. Uh, I'm looking at to see where C.D. Lamb is currently scheduled to go in the draft. Uh, well, Judy, around like... 12 and 13 is where Judy and Lamb are going, at least according to uh, Peter Schrager, uh, a mock draft. Uh, so Eagles have yeah, to jump that's... nine spots basically uh they did it to go get carson they did but it would uh, it, 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 it would definitely uh be quite they uh, jumped more than that to go get carson didn't they um that's a great question because at this point we're we're stuck with your starting core is J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, and Greg Ward. Eagles moved up six picks to go get one. Okay. Okay. Which I mean, you could, you could, you know, if they see that that they're going to be available, they could go six and go to fifteen. Or they could talk to the 49ers who just got that other first round pick. That's true, and uh, I'm okay moving up. It just depends, obviously, on the package they're giving up. But right, yeah. If you have to give up a first and a second this year, I understand not doing it. But I think I think it's a mistake if they wait. And another thing to put into this, and this is something that's really uh, just beginning to develop, and it's going to be something to watch closely over the next year. Or so. Uh, with the receivers, you have to find out um, really this year and next year what you have in Dallas Goddard. Uh, Zach Ertz's contract is up uh, after 2021, but uh, he's going to want top tight end money. And if you don't get a deal done with him sooner than later, you're going to have to really pony up a lot of money upwards of probably – 12 to 13 maybe 14 million dollars a year for Ertz and uh, 
I love Ertz probably more than anybody, but at that point, uh, <coughs> Ertz is an agent tight end, and you have a guy who's possibly just as good possibly behind him, uh, but you're going to have to let one of them walk away in the future. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about this, and I know there are reports that he turned down a contract bigger than, um, you know, George Kittle is talking and bigger than Austin Hooper got. Um, I mean, if he wants that, if he wants even more money than what he was, you know, they're alleging, uh, you'd kind of have to pass, you know, like and because the, the Eagles are very capped you know stricken next year yeah. and the year after so their their hands are tied and i think right and i think he's gonna either have to realize that and take i guess technically a pay pay cut however he wants to think of it but otherwise it's gonna be goddard show and let's say the eagles don't think they can get a deal with him i mean you could trade him and get you know get a big return i don't think they'll do that but i'm just saying if it gets to a point kind of like malcolm where you just know there's no way you're making that deal you might as well try to get something for him yeah and i agree and uh i mean i feel like and it's a, it's it's even a gamble to take Ertz and let goddard walk because uh Ertz is going to be uh 30 after this season and I know 30 is not terribly old but at 30 you probably only have another Mm -hmm. two three years max of you know he's going to be a top level dominant right but Goddard's younger and you could probably get four or five maybe six out of him if he Mm -hmm. if he is as good as uh, we believe he is so but then again if you if you let Ertz walk you take Goddard Goddard doesn't pan right. out Ertz may stay dominant way longer than two to three years yeah and you know just a final thought I think I was hoping it would kind of be a Brent Selleck Zach Ertz kind of tandem you know where it's kind of a passing of the torch kind of thing but that's to me that's not what it seems. It seems that I know Zach has said he wants to stay here his entire career, but they might kind of get forced to let Dallas take the reins. And I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I think I think Zach's a better pass catcher, but as an overall tight end, I think Dallas might be better. Yeah, and I I'm not I haven't always been the highest on Dallas. I thought points last year he really underachieved uh and there's definitely plays uh what game was that he dropped a touchdown right wide open in the end zone uh but uh i, I still, mean he dropped one in against detroit um yeah that was that's the one i'm thinking about yeah that was right in front of my face too thanks for the reminder Dave. no problem uh <laughs> but either way like, Ertz and Goddard last year were your top two receiving uh, yep. receivers. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Thankfully, they have another year, basically, to uh, just make this decision. But it's I think something you have to consider 
uh, when going forward here in the rest of free agency and the draft. Yeah, and um, you know, Howie Roseman did have a conference call. It was either what the beginning of this week or end of last week, um, and it's kind of you know just talk to the media, media availability kind of thing. And there were a couple things that kind of stuck out to me. The biggest one, the reason he went and got Slay, he said that he was tired of seeing balls thrown over the defensive backs' heads. And Dylan, I don't know about you, but that kind of says something to me. Obviously, like it sounds a little pandering to the fan base because we've been complaining, moaning about it for the last two, three years. But him going to get a guy like Slay kind of backs that up. And, I mean, they were talented team. It was just, you know, you would watch DK Metcalf, what, beat you over the top how many times? Yeah. Uh, it's... So, I and I think, and I, and I like that Howie went, you know, and did something about it. I feel like Howie, if he says something, he's going to go do it. Like, the getting younger, you know, okay, yeah, we all know we needed to get younger, but he has shown he's willing to do it. Um, he, the other thing he does know that there's disappointment and not going after a guy like Robbie Anderson and Perriman. He said, quote, the value prices of guys changed during this free agency period different than maybe what it was a week ago. We don't have the benefit of knowing that before making our decisions on where prices are and where they're going. We can only deal with them at that moment when you're making these calls. So Dylan, I just... It kind of frustrated me. You know, I heard him say that. But when the value goes down, when you're expecting a guy to, you know, want $12 million or get $12 million and he doldn't, in fact, he's willing to sign for eight, you got to take a shot at him, right? I, I definitely would uh, not see any uh, valid argument why you shouldn't take a, a shot at him. Uh, like a one-year deal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, there. I, I think you would have to. I, I wouldn't pass on that opportunity. Like, I just, it, it, it's a head-scratcher to me. Like, I get you have a value on these guys. You have, okay, we're not going to, you know, if these guys are asking for 12 and that's all they're going to do, we're not going to we're not gonna go after them. But when both guys sign for a one-year deal, basically, really a two-year deal, but it was a, you know, the second year is an option and they're both eight years or eight mil a year. You got to be in on that, especially with what we talked about with you're going to now go into this, into the draft with JJ as your best receiver. Well, best healthy receiver. Um, and then the other, the other big takeaway from his conference call was, I know, Dylan, we tried to predict this one. It didn't work. Seems like Alshon's coming back. Um, How he said Alshon, quote, Alshon's got to get healthy. That's the number one priority for us and for him. He he, He understands he knows what's being said about him. He understands that he's got a lot to prove and he's anxious to do that. So he's not living in a bubble. He understands. He knows how people feel about him right now, and he's not sitting there feeling sorry for himself. Dot, dot, dot. Alshon's a good player. I think we lose sight of that a bit. So, Dylan, how do you feel 
with basically Howie going, look, I know this isn't what everyone wants to hear. Uh, we like Alshon. Alshon knows how the how everyone is viewing him with this whole Josina Anderson thing, whether he did or not. But he's coming back. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, um, with that, with Alshon, if he was an actual locker room, and I and I'm putting a lot of faith in Howie and the front office on this one, but if. Alshon was an actual locker room cancer per se. I feel like the Eagles would definitely have moved on from him. So that so that gives me a little bit of a reassurance that maybe he's not this locker room cancer or diva in the locker room causing trouble. Uh, but additionally, if there's locker room problems again this upcoming season, then uh, he's going to be the first one to get pointed at, and uh, you wouldn't be able to argue against it because uh, he would be a like 40 other guys, he'd be a common denominator, but he obviously has that uh, target paint on his back already uh, from this past season, possibly. Uh, but besides that, bringing back Jeffrey, I think, is probably a smart move. He's He definitely is not the wide receiver the Eagles had even two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But if he could give you even half of that, Production-wise, skill set-wise, that's still a big upgrade in your offense. He didn't do much this past season, but if he can get back to near what he was, stat-wise, I, I think the offense would be way ahead of where they were this past season. And I think part of it, too, like if he comes back halfway through the season and he's rehabbed and healthy, I think that'll be, you know, it would be great for him, not only just for the Eagles, but for him. Um, and I think it might be interesting. Let's say he, you know, every, you know, the season happens and everything, and there's no talk of Carson. Yeah. Could, like, it could have been Nelson. It could have been. It, it and, very well could have been. And if you think about it, Alshon wasn't having a bad year, you know, all year, and, and then he got hurt. Like, he wasn't the same player, but he wasn't necessarily having a bad year. Uh, Aguilar was having a bad year. Yeah. Aguilar you know, was, and, uh, Aguilar and was one of the least targeted uh, main guys on the team. Well, and if you look, like, I don't know if you saw what he signed for with the Raiders. It was a veteran's minimum. Yeah. So clearly there was some there's something that you know you're going to tell me Eagles are are wide receivers are this poor or this bad right now and like as much as the fan base itself would have hated seeing him come back if it was a one year 2 million dollar contract how upset would you actually be I wouldn't be uh terribly upset uh, it's one of those it's just like the deal we were talking about earlier it's one of those things at that, at that price, it's one of those things you can't really scoff at uh, because it's such a low-risk, high-reward scenario. Exactly, and that's why, like, to me, it's kind of weird. You know, like, I, I think, I know the, you know, the front office knows how the, how the fan base felt about him and everything, but the fact that he only got one mil to go with the Raiders and it's not even that 
guaranteed. Like the money's not much guaranteed. Yeah. Is to me very interesting. Um, and it, were there any other big things from the conference call that you took away? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, I don't think so. I'm, I'm going around uh, uh, Reddit here as we f- usually do in our last minute just to make sure there's no up-to-date news that we're missing as we record it. Uh, I guess the only thing... Uh, really love to say is uh that is that we're basically gonna have to get creative here in the next couple of weeks just because uh we're gonna be running out of content to talk about soon thankfully we have the draft coming up at the end of the month but uh mm-hmm. that's surely gonna be different than it has in years past yeah and i guess you know the the draft itself yeah it'll, it it's gonna be something we'll never forget um, I actually lied. I have a topic we could quickly discuss. Sure, go ahead. Uh, so, um, let me... Diana Rossini of ESPN uh, recently uh, <coughs> tweeted that uh, Jadavion Clowney has uh, lowered his asking price from about 20-plus to about 17 to 18. <laughs> S- somebody on <laughs> Eagles Reddit proposes uh, this question of... Uh, would you rather sign Clowney or would you rather trade for uh, Ngakwe? See, I would – that, and that, this is a great topic here because we forgot to even talk about Ngakwe and this whole tornado that he's caused in the Eagles fandom. Yeah. Um, I would I would then sign Clowney. I, it would be, one, the funniest thing to happen – because oh, that, you was... know, as much as we hate him, the first sack he gets, it's going to be roaring. But until that day, sports radio <laughs> would be a disaster of people complaining about clowning beyond the team. Yeah, but think about how the they wouldn't care. The radios themselves wouldn't care because because everyone would be calling in to complain about clowning. Um, and Gakwe's younger. I just think the asking price the Jags have is is abs- like I get it, but the Eagles are never going to do it, and it's so frustrating because Ngakwe is teasing all Eagles fans right now. Yo, he is. This is the ultimate uh, tease, uh, to put it nicely, or PG about that for Ngakwe because. All he's doing on Twitter is posting, or Instagram is posting pictures of former Eagles or tweeting uh, Asking emojis. Asking what kind of, where to get a cheese steak. Like, <laughs> the dude obviously wants to be in, well, the dude's obviously making it seem like he wants to be in Philly. Uh, it would be hilarious if he actually was just doing this just to troll people. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's from Washington, D.C. He went to school in Maryland, so it wouldn't be uh, crazy to think he really wants to be an eagle uh, it'll really show me that he wants to be an eagle is when he com- becomes a free agent and if he either comes here or talks to howie because otherwise it's just leverage and we're being used dylan uh not that i would ever uh put such a thing on such a person's name uh, but it, it's kind of like a mike trout situation it's uh 
it's where we all convince ourselves that it's happening. We, we all convince ourselves that he wants to be in Philly. Uh, <laughs> he never denied, he, or he, uh, he never, well, in Shroud's case, he yeah, never, he never denied it. He, he never denied it, uh, but, it, but he never to confirmed a point where it. It just never happens. <laughs> Trout obviously uh, signs for 12 years and locks himself up to be in LA the rest of his life. Uh, which I can't blame him, uh, but uh, yeah, it, I, it, it, maybe it's a Mike Trout situation. I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, Mike Trout seemed more. I think it, it was more unrealistic for him to be here than oh, Ngakwe. Highly, there, there was. It took me. When was the first time you thought that Bryce Harper? could actually be a Philly? Um, that is a great question. Because for me... Because I don't think I ever did. I don't think I ever did because it was one of those too good to be true and like Trout, we were convincing ourselves it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Um, and then I think it was going to be one of those, oh, we're a finalist. And then a different team signs them. So what was last year was 2019. I'd say the first time we really started seeing Harper's name uh, about free agency was probably late 2016, early 2017. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, the Phillies make sense because schedule timeline-wise with the rebuild, they should be coming out of the rebuild, being ready to contend. And by the next season, I basically had a by 2018, and in 2018, midway through 2018, I should say, was when I think I probably actually convinced myself that Bryce Harper to the Phillies was going to be a thing. He was, because it just lined up. Uh, well, did I actually believe that? I don't know. But with Harper, for me at least, it at least seemed like a possibility. But with Trout, like, you're talking about, maybe it's because Harper... While he is a future Hall of Famer, most likely is pretty much just another top 10, 15 guy in the league that 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 the Phillies can have every now and then because you know they had like the Ryan Howards of the world, they had the Roy. Ha- we were spoiled in the late two thousands, early twenty uh, tens, uh, but with Shroud, you're talking about one of the best baseball players of all time. Possibly the best player since Mickey Mantle all around. So maybe it's just the fact that he's not just a once in a generation player, he's a once in a millennium player, one in a half millennium player. Makes him it makes it seem made it seem just unlikely no matter everything that's going for the Phillies in that uh relationship you could say. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought because think about it, there there's always those times where the where we're linked to a guy, we're a finalist for a guy and it doesn't happen. Um and that's I think I've gotten to a point where I've convinced myself almost every time that's what's going to happen, we're not actually going to get the guy. So, cuz think about it, then I don't have any expectations. And then when they do sign the guy, I can be happy. Yeah, yeah. 
I was expecting Harper for a full year, and I'm still happy when they sign him. But I fully agree. It's always nice to get surprises. Uh, and even sometimes when you're expecting it, it's still a surprise. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully Nguakwe isn't just another one of these uh, teases uh, for Philadelphia to get hung up on. And it, it works out, uh, but we'll see. But I think that covers today's episode. Uh, we already went, I think, 18 minutes past what we were planning on. But that's fine. Uh, any last thoughts before we head off until next week? Um, no, I got nothing. All I got right. nothing. Then uh, I think that wraps up today's episode of Cheese Steaks and 700 Level. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. It'll probably go up uh, Thursday or Friday, uh, depending on uh, my laziness level. Uh, but So uh, that's that. Uh, Going forward, until uh, coronavirus is taken care of and we got sports back, expect an episode once per week. Uh, really, it's gonna episodes will go up anytime between Wednesday and Friday usually. Uh, but stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, stay at home and uh, hopefully we'll all get through this sooner than later. And we'll see you soon.